So it's my pleasure today to be uh, speaking with an expert from the International Society for Automation, Steve Mustard, who's an expert in cybersecurity. Steve, welcome. It's great to be speaking with you and look forward to the conversation we're about to have. Thank you, Harvey. I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to discuss cybersecurity with your members. And Steve, well, we're here in the early parts of this. Could you just give a, a brief introduction about yourself so they know a little bit about your background and, and uh, say how you earned your stripes in the cybersecurity world? Sure. I, I, I've worked in industrial automation and uh, real-time embedded systems for 30 years, space, defense, and then energy and utility companies. And in the last 12, 15 years, cybersecurity has become a big issue in industrial control systems. And as a result of my background, I've got heavily involved in that side of life. And I've spent a lot of my time these days consulting with uh, asset owners about how to improve their cybersecurity posture in their mission critical facilities. Right. And as I understand it, this, this actually goes outside of just industrial plants too, doesn't it? I mean, it can, it can spread into uh, more of the, uh, if you will, commercial sectors as well, can't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Cybersecurity affects everyone in every sector of business today. And I do tell customers that I work with that it is only a question of when they will be subjected to a cybersecurity incident, not if they will be. And the level of preparedness of the organization is the thing that makes the difference between how serious that incident is for them. Well, and that, that gives me great context to just for our audience, just to give them a little bit of a, the SAMA audience specifically, you know, why this is such an important topic for strategic account management. Because, you know, what we're seeing, the trend that we're seeing across industries, it doesn't matter if you're in logistics or healthcare or industrial, is a move towards digitizing an existing product or wrapping some kind of a digital envelope around an existing product. I dare say almost everything that SAMs are selling has a digital element. And, you know, because of that, anything that you're selling that goes into a customer's place of business can be introducing a significant risk to a customer's place of business. And I really felt that it was important for SAMs to be aware of what cybersecurity is, aware of what those risks are and what they need to do to protect their customers and their own company to the, to the extent that they can, because they're the catalyst when a new installation or a, a reconfiguration or whatever is happening in, in, in a customer site. And the more they can do to anticipate and prepare the customer for this in their own company, the, the more successful the installation is going to be in the long run. No, absolutely. I, I, what you just said is, is really important. That, and it, it's an area in the cybersecurity world where suppliers and customers don't necessarily have a, a very good appreciation of still today, which is that there is a supply chain um, involved in, in any organization that involves multiple vendors, multiple suppliers, different products, different solutions, and the customer somewhere in there. And there, there's an assumption that someone else is taking care of cybersecurity somewhere. And yet, um, as you said, the, pretty much everything in the uh, operation these days is digitized in some way. 
and there's a heavy reliance on that digitization and if that fails then the operation fails the business fails they're, they're unable to produce what they're making they're unable to deliver what they need to deliver they're unable to fulfill customer requirements and so this is a serious impact on any organization and SAMs would have a big part to play in that, both in terms of making sure that they understand cybersecurity risks, but also help their customers understand cybersecurity risks as well. And, you know, maybe just for those people that are like me, can you kind of give us a better idea of what cybersecurity is and the kind of impact it can have on a company? Cybersecurity um, is really all about an attacker, and we'll talk about those in a moment, exploiting some vulnerability in an organization and vulnerability is a, a term uh, um, that can be interpreted in different ways but in in this context we're talking about a flaw usually in software or hardware think about it like a hole in a in a boat if you if you've got a hole uh, there's going to be water coming into your boat you're going to eventually sink if you don't do something about it which is plugging a hole the difference with vulnerabilities in software is that they're not usually visible like a hole would be. So the problem we have in cybersecurity is that Microsoft, for example, provides Windows operating systems and there are flaws in there. People make mistakes when they're programming it and then people discover those mistakes and they exploit them even before Microsoft is aware that that is a problem. And then that is when you get uh, attacked potentially because uh, someone is using that exploit, as we call it, this uh, piece of code that they can get through that vulnerability to steal your personal information or to get access to your computer so they can do other things on the computer. And the biggest problem we have really is that we all in the industry recognize that these vulnerabilities exist, but even when they are fixed by the vendors, there have to be updated the computers that have those vulnerabilities have to be updated in order to make sure they don't have those holes anymore and that is one of the biggest problems is you probably know yourself from home every time you get one of those messages saying you've got an update to apply or your phone or your ipad or whatever it might be you're constantly seeing these messages saying you've got to update it which is tedious and you don't really want to do it it takes 15 minutes maybe to update your phone and so you, you tend to put it off. And by putting it off, then you're leaving yourself exposed to these vulnerabilities that people can exploit. But it's not just flaws in software and hardware. It can also be just processes and procedures. And this is especially important where you've got a relationship, a strategic relationship with a, a customer where you know that they might have a procedure about paying bills that involves logging into the customer's system or they might have a procedure for providing information. And if those procedures aren't followed properly, you can also have some exploitation of that flaw as well. So a good example would be, you take a USB drive and you want to plug it into a computer at the customer's location so you can provide them with some information or print something out and you haven't scanned it for malware and then malware gets from the USB drive to the customer's computer and then once it's on the customer's computer you might not have even known it got in there and then it potentially uh, gets all around their network and then causes major problems for them so the biggest problem wow. is people sounds like the coronavirus in a way <laughs> pretty much yeah it's a good it's a good yeah. summary yeah yeah maybe it, it'd be great to if you could 
give an example of the kind of damage this can do? This that'd be great. And as I say, I I know what happens in industrial arenas, but you know maybe a, a two or three examples. But a, a hospital, for example. Right. So most people, I think, have heard some high-profile ransomware incidents that have been reported in the news, where someone gets what's called ransomware on their computers, and that makes it impossible for them to get access to their customer information, for instance, so they can't run their business. And they're very often forced to pay the ransom. It can be tens of millions of dollars in ransoms, potentially, to get people's data back. But I want to talk about a specific case where this happened. And in this case, no one actually was targeted with this particular ransomware. It's called WannaCry, and it came up in May 2017. And it's believed to have come from North Korea, and it's believed to have been part of North Korea's attempt literally just to make some money uh, for themselves. They were only charging $300 per computer to release the ransomware lock on the computer. So it doesn't sound like a very much money, but this one actually ultimately infected 230,000 plus computers around the world. And one of the wow. biggest impacts uh, was actually the UK's National Health Service. So about one third of computers in the UK's National Health Service were impacted by this. As a result, thousands of appointments were cancelled, ambulance had to be rerouted, and all kinds of other problems with the National Health Service operation just because of this ransomware. And as I said, bear in mind that the NHS wasn't targeted by anyone here. They were just unfortunate enough to have lots of computers which had a version of Microsoft's operating system which had a vulnerability and it hadn't been fixed, even though in this particular case, Microsoft had fixed the vulnerability several months before. But the National Health Service, like many other users, hadn't bothered to update their computers. This particular ransomware also impacted uh, Maersk uh, Shipping Company. They ended up spending something in the region of $300 million to recover from that incident. And they had several days where their operations were impacted by this ransomware. The other thing that is very common in cybersecurity, which most people are familiar with, is data breaches. So we're familiar with the case of, say, your own personal information, personally identifiable information, as it's called, or PII. That can be things like credit card information, social security number, and such like. People steal that and they sell that on the dark web for something like one or two dollars per record. Sounds uh, not very much, but again, you're talking about potentially millions of uh, records that you can steal. In the Target case, Target, the supermarket that was hacked in 2013, they had 70 million records stolen. And so, you know, that's that's not a bad haul for someone. But personal health information, or PHI, that can sell two or 300 times the amount that a personally identifiable information record can be sold for. So the U.S. has regulations on protection of uh, health information, uh, HIPAA, and uh, similar regulations exist around the world. And in the U.S., if you have a breach that involves more than 500 records, you have to report that to Department of Health and Human Services. So there, there is a lot of records about these breaches. And something in the order of 15 million health records have been stolen to date in in the US alone. <clears throat> and that's based on the reports that we've got. Now, a lot of cybersecurity uh, incidents don't get as well reported. So that's probably 
underestimate in terms of how many records have been stolen. And bear in mind that's people's personal health information that is now being sold on the black market for three or four hundred dollars a record. Wow, that's amazing. That's just it, it's frightening in a lot of ways that I mean that's significant amount of money involved here, a significant amount of risk. Right. And, and once again, this is industry specific, right? I mean, if you're in the B2B world, I suppose it's even in the B2C world. It's, it's pervasive. Right. Nobody's immune, so to speak. Nobody is immune. That's right. And, and I think the worst thing we can have is where customers or vendors or uh, suppliers or consultants who think they're invulnerable, they think they're not a target, they think they're not at risk. You know, maybe they think, well, I'm a small player. No one's going to bother to target me. But the examples like I gave with WannaCry, you don't have to be an actual target. Uh, you just have to be part of the collateral damage in, in a widespread uh, malware in, attack where people are just looking to make as much money as possible as quickly as possible. So, you know, when I think about our clients, I mean, typically a strategic account is uh, one of your larger customers. For any given business, if, you know your strategic accounts are those accounts that are strategic to you, and at the highest level, you are also strategic to them. So very often, you've got more access to those customers, and and they trust you, and you've you know built that up over time. You yeah. know, for your customers, I mean, what is it that like the IT and the C level people? What are they concerned about? How do they look at these risks, and how high are cybersecurity risks on IT and the, the CIO and the, the CEO's agenda? Are they aware of it? Do they care about it? I mean, is this keep them up at night? What's the, how would you characterize that? I would say that today, most um, organizations would be aware and concerned about a cybersecurity incident in their organization. So I would think that their CEO, and uh, CISO or CSO, depending on what type of organization it is, they will be <clears throat> thinking about this problem all the time and constantly worried about what the next attack is going to be and are they prepared for that. The problem, I think, with most of the organizations is that there's often a gap between the C level, where it's understood that this is a risk, and then further down in the organization where people are maybe less well informed about the risks, may not have had adequate awareness training and preparation for um, dealing with those incidents. So if you think about the examples I gave with the ransomware, the recommendation from Department of uh, Homeland Security and FBI is that if you have uh, uh, ransomware on your computer, you should not pay the ransom. It encourages further attempts at uh, ransomware attacks on you and others and in fact in many cases there's no guarantee that even if you pay the ransom you get the data back and mm -hmm. so the only option you've got then is to be better prepared for an incident as i said at the outset here it is only a matter of time when an organization gets hit it's not if they get hit it's when and it's how well prepared they are as to how serious it is for them so a good organization would have a response plan in place that they would say if we get an incident this is what we're going to do to deal with it this is who we're going to call this is how we're going to handle it and included in that would be making sure that you have 
your backups in place and you've tested them and you're ready to deploy them if you need to. This is again where the strategic account management comes in as well because as you said, a strategic account is by very definition core to the operation of the customer. It's, it's an integral part. Often they're working uh, side by side in, in the same buildings, in the same networks and they're collaborating on stuff all the time and when when an organization does have an incident the strategic account management has to come into play as well they have to be part of the response it's not just for the customer to respond but all the time i see that organizations who aren't well prepared panic they have no response plan in place they don't have that established communication channel with the vendors and the suppliers and the strategic accounts managers and they have a knee-jerk reaction and then that often includes we've got to pay the ransom as quickly as possible and get our data back. Most recent example was Garmin who provides sports watches and computers right. cycling and running. They got hit and they were clearly totally unprepared. They ended up paying the ransom because all of their customers were complaining that they could not download their activities that they'd recorded on their computers and that's basically the fundamental purpose of that Garmin website was to allow the customers to do that and so they because they had no plan in place they were forced to pay the ransom and they should not have paid the ransom and they should have had a plan in place to recover back to a certain point in time and resume operations as quickly as possible so if, if, if how should a SAM show up at their customer with regard to this issue? I mean, what, what would be the ideal way for a SAM to walk in the door with a new solution that's got a digital element, which is probably almost anything you're gonna do these days will have some kind of a digital uh, impact on the infrastructure, your customer's infrastructure. What, what do you think a, a customer would really value for the SAM how, if they showed up this way? So I think a good SAM would turn up to a customer offering their solution and they would be able to tell the customer, we have made this secure by design. We, we understand security risks. We understand the challenge you will have. We know that your business is critical and we know that whatever you buy is going to form a a critical part of that critical business and therefore it cannot be compromised um, by anyone and we have taken that into account in our design and we've done all of these things and we've verified it with independent test houses and we know it's as secure as it can be by design and then I would then say we also know that defense in depth is a essential part of protecting an organization against the security incident so just because our solution is secure by design does not mean that your overall operation is going to be secure you're going to have to do some things in collaboration with us in order to ensure continued security and here is our guidance and here is our support and here's how we will help you make that defense in depth work in your organization I think that it's changed a bit in the recent years, but for many years I would talk to, um, I would be on a customer site and I would be looking at something which clearly was insecure and I would ask the supplier of that insecure solution and they would say, it's not our problem to make this secure, it's the customer's job to do that. And that's simply not acceptable these days. The, 
a, a good strategic account management organization would say we understand security and we know we have an important part to play in it and we are going to play that part and uh, we're going to work very closely to make sure that you have an incident response plan in place that involves us that allows us to react immediately to get you back up and running as quickly as possible wow so what i'm hearing from this is that for the sams out there you should really be asking your own company before you approach the customer are we secure by design and do we have well, uh, what was that the term that used again please the, def the defense, defense in defense in depth yeah, so it's a military term actually, and it originates way back when. So in the days of forts and castles, especially in Europe, you would have your moat and your drawbridge and your spiked fence and you'd have your archers and you would have um, a tower on a hill and you'd have another gate inside and you'd have all these different layers of defense in place so that even if someone could breach the moat, they still have to get through the gate and they still have to beat through their archers and then even when they get through the first gate they've got to get through the next gate and so on and so on and so on so all the way right. you're deterring someone uh, from reaching the ultimate goal and with attackers in cybersecurity, it's exactly the same an attacker if it proves too difficult to breach one organization they'll eventually give up and move to someone else who's less well prepared so so defense in depth, it's a bit like that story of being chased by the bear. You don't have to be the fastest runner. You just uh, don't have to be uh, as slow as the slowest runner because right. um, the bear will get them instead, right? So in, in cybersecurity, that's very much the case. And the organizations that um, actively manage cybersecurity, including with their, their, their suppliers, their vendors, if they're all part of that supply chain, they all need to be part of that defense in depth. And the target example that I mentioned earlier from 2013 is the best example of what happens when that fails. So in 2013, target was attacked. They weren't attacked directly. Their HVAC vendor was attacked. So someone in that organization received a phishing email. They clicked on the link. That gave the attackers access to their computer. And because the HVAC vendor was a strategic supplier to Target. They had direct access to Target's financial system so they could generate their invoices. So once the attackers were on the vendor's computer, they were able to get into Target's computer. And once they're in the Target's computer, they could get to the point of sale system and steal 70 million credit card records. So wow. that is the problem. If Target is saying we're worried about cybersecurity, that's great. And they do a really good job of making themselves secure. But if their vendors don't make themselves secure, they're the weakest link. And they're what the attacker is going to target. Just to be clear here, I can see for a new installation, this is an issue. But if you have legacy systems in, in your customer, is that a, a vulnerability as well? It is. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's... It's hard to say which is uh, worse, but I'd probably err on the side of the older the uh, equipment and the installation is, the more vulnerable it is, the more exposed the organization will be to attack. Just think about, for instance, the, the age of the Microsoft operating system that's running on the computers. If you go into, say, many fast food restaurants, for instance, if you ever see the point of sale computer being rebooted, you can often see which version of Windows they run. I was in a fast food restaurant not too long ago in Australia, 
and one of them was down and it was restarting and it was Microsoft Windows XP which has not been actively supported by uh, Microsoft for, for many years but they are still running it on their point of sale system so the, the, the challenge is it's very costly expensive and risky and time-consuming to upgrade systems like point of sale because it's mission critical and you can't afford to take it down for too long so you tend to def defer that upgrade as long as possible but the longer you defer it the more known vulnerabilities there are in that system and the more uh, opportunities there are for attackers to exploit those vulnerabilities and the, the other problem with old systems and old facilities is that people forget what's actually there so it was installed many years ago. They have very poor documentation. They don't have very good drawings. They don't really know exactly what's out there. Uh, the person who used to maintain it retired a few years ago, and the new people only know what they've been told. And then, not so much these days, but not too long ago, I would go to facilities and I'd go around the back of the cabinet and I'd find an old dial-up modem still plugged in to a telephone line. And then you'd ask someone, they would say, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, the supplier, they, they use that to dial in every now and again to check something. Uh, but it's permanently connected. And it shouldn't be permanently connected because that's a way in for someone else. So all systems, very problematic, hard to manage, and, and, and you know, understandably difficult to upgrade to the latest standard. But even in new facilities, the time it takes to deploy a new manufacturing facility or new hospital or logistics center, if you imagine how long it takes to build and fit out one of those, it can take years. The project I'm working on at the moment is building a new oil and gas platform. And uh, that project has been running for more than 10 years now. And the last four years, it's been in the actual construction phase. But a lot of decisions that have been made for that project were made more than five years ago. Products were purchased, which are coming towards the end of their life now, and they have to be upgraded already before we even have finished the project. And that is not unusual in this type of environment where you've got huge um, networks of uh, equipment to, to manage a mission critical operation for someone. Wow, that's it's, it's mind boggling to think about, which brings to mind uh, someone I hadn't thought about until just now, but your customer's legal department. I'm still thinking about a legacy system or a new system, but you know, I suppose the, the customer has, you as the supplier have some legal risk if there's a breach, if you introduce a breach into your customer. Do you have any sense of that? I, I know legal isn't necessarily your, your area, but just any, any stories or any experience that you've seen from a legal perspective about the risk that a supplier has? Well, yeah, I'm certainly not a legal expert, but I do see it is a big minefield and it's a big gray area because it's, it's not at the moment maybe as well defined as the world of safety, for instance, product safety, where it's quite clear right. whose liability it is for, for some failure. So today, for instance, if you see that there's a breach and someone has ransomware, say, and they have to pay the ransom, I don't currently see a lot of suppliers being involved in having to pay any kind of restitution for that. But what I do see is that they have a, I guess it's more like a moral obligation if they want to maintain their customer relation, 
then they're going to have to step up and provide the resources to help the customer clean up afterwards. And that's very expensive for them. And so even if they're not going to be fined or uh, there's not going to be a lawsuit for them to recover money, they're going to spend a lot of money recovering. So not too long ago, there was Saudi Aramco, the biggest company in the world. They've been attacked multiple times probably geopolitical players who are attacking them, trying to destabilize uh, Saudi Arabia. But more recently, attackers have pivoted to vendors. So 2018, towards the end of 2018, uh, a couple of key vendors for Saudi Aramco were attacked directly on purpose to try and do, similar to what happened with Target, get into Saudi Aramco and disrupt the operations via a strategic vendor. Now, as a result, that those vendors spent millions and millions of dollars having to recover from that situation and also to help Saudi Aramco clean up. And not only that, but also all the other oil and gas customers that they had accounts with that were using the same infrastructure they were providing to Saudi Aramco. So it's a huge um, challenge for any any supplier vendor to operate in this day and age because the risks, as I said before, it's through the entire supply chain. And of course, there's no easy way to um, extricate yourself from that and say, well, you know, we've done our bit and so it's all down to you. It isn't. Everybody's always got some responsibility for maintaining cybersecurity. Well, and the message is clear. I get it. If Even if they can't sue you, if they know it was you that introduced the vulnerability and you don't help your customer, they're not going to be a customer for very long. <laughs> That's right. pretty clear to me. That's right. Yeah. You've opened up a world to us, Steve, that I'm uh, almost lost for words for what I've learned during our conversation here. And I hope it's as valuable to our members. Maybe one other thing, if somebody's really interested in this topic, is there a place that's publicly accessible that they can get uh, you know, more education on this topic and really figure out how to be proactive and, and you know, care for their customers really better by, by being smarter about this issue and, and being proactive and introducing it with their customers? Yes, ISA has a link on their website which brings together a whole a host of cybersecurity resources that are available for members and non-members to read. They also have an alliance called the ISA GCA or Global Cybersecurity Alliance. And that is brings together end users, vendors, and consultants to help organizations understand this problem and understand how they're going to deal with the challenges. And they, they publish a number of uh, white papers and uh, recommendations and guidance that's available in that link. So if I provide that link to your your members, I would definitely recommend they go and check that out because that will be a good introduction for, for some and for those who already are up to speed, they can learn some more about uh, other things they can be doing. I suppose in this field, it, it's evolving and, and changing every day. Uh, it seems to be. I mean, as quickly as you uh, plug one hole, the, the hackers, for lack of a better word, figure out a different way around it. That's right. It's a constantly changing uh, field. Uh, there are some unchangeable things, like the things we talked about, about understanding the risk and understanding defense in depth. But the threat is always changing. The people are changing and the attacks are changing. And every time we plug a hole, uh, they find a new one. So 
this is never going to go away. It's always going to be a problem. And once organizations recognize it and they begin to deal with it, then they're in a much better place and they're much less likely to be severely impacted. Well, and I, you know, we talk a lot in the strategic account management world about how to be relevant and indispensable to our customers. And to me, I see a very, very clear path for SAMs because it sounds like it's more the exception rather than the rule that the suppliers are sensitive to the cybersecurity issue and being proactive about it. So I think you SAMs out there can really differentiate yourself by walking in with a secure by design approach and and you know really tackling it head on with your customer because we talk a lot about customers they have a need for an automation system or a control system or an enterprise-wide software solution whatever it may be but the unconsidered need is how are you going to ensure my cybersecurity when i put this in place and if you as a sam proactively address that they're going to look at you differently and better You'll, you'll, you'll stand out in the crowd, which is why I really felt it was important to get this uh, threat exposed. And you've just done a marvelous job, Steve, of, of opening our eyes to this. So thank you very much. And I wish you good luck on your project that you're on. And thank you so much for the collaboration with ISA and SAMA. We really appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you for the time and thank you for giving me the opportunity to raise the awareness. I, I think it's a really important message to get out there. And you summed it up perfectly about being proactive. That's what this is about. And uh, I hope this helps your members.